Let's look at the scripture. For example, in the third chapter of Colossians, he makes this so very, very clear. We don't have to wonder if it's true or not. He makes it very, very clear in this third chapter, and here's what he says. He says, for example, Slaves, verse 22, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Watch this. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance, it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Now let me ask you a question. What do you suppose would happen if everybody in America who has a job would wake up on Monday morning with this attitude, today I am serving, I am serving the Most High God. Now, I know that some of you think, you just don't know who I work for. Well, you know what? God knows who you're working for. What should be your attitude toward that person? Here's what he says. We are to serve in our position, whatever it may be, as unto the Lord. That is, we're doing this as, as if we were doing it for Jesus' sake, for his sake. And not only that, as if we're doing it unto him. Because as a servant, listen, who owns us? Not your boss. Uh, for whom do we exist? Not your boss. It is the Most High God, his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. He says we're to do it as unto the Lord. And then, of course, we must realize that we cannot serve God and ourselves at the same time. Not may not, cannot. Now, this is an area that many people have difficulty with. So I want you to turn back to this 16th chapter of Luke for a moment. And um, in this chapter, Jesus says many things. It's, a, it's an awesome chapter. Verse 13, no servant, watch this, no servant can serve two masters. He didn't say they might. He said no one. There's not a single one of us, no matter how gifted, talented, and skilled you are, no servant can serve two masters. For either he or she will hate the one and love the other. Now, hate here does not mean anger, but it means just be so totally committed to one, all right, or totally opposed to it. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, watch this. He's speaking in particular here about money. You can't serve on the basis of what you're going to get. But it's not just money. You can't serve God and anything else at the same time. And while it may not be so much money as long as it's self, that is, it's something that I want for me. If I'm serving him, it's what he wants, what he wills, what he chooses, not what I choose, not what I want, what I please. And so when we think about that, if you remember what Jesus said, he said in this 12th chapter, he said, we must be like a seed that falls into the earth and that we die to our old self. And when that happens, then we're able to bear fruit. But if I'm not willing to do that, I'm not going to bear any fruit. Now, let's think about it for a moment. If you're working and the only thing you can think about is yourself, then you know what? There's something wrong with that. How is God going to use me today? I'm going to trust him for my income. I'm going to trust him for what comes my way. Sometimes you may not get what you think you're worth. Sometimes you may be mistreated and may not be paid as well as you should be paid.
But you know what? When you have the right spirit, God will recompense you. He will reward you. He'll come around and provide for you in ways that you never dreamed of. And I can tell you personally, God knows how to reward us in ways that overwhelm us. All we have to do is die to ourselves, give ourselves to whatever he's called us, and watch him work. And you know what? I assure you, you will never be able to outgive him. Your life will be full of awesome surprises, and you'll be praising him daily. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you made me a servant of the Most High God. Dr. Stanley's message reminded us that a life of service isn't something to be dreaded or avoided. It's a lifestyle that will bring peace and inner contentment nothing else can match. As you give yourself away in service to others, you'll reap the rewards of drawing close to God. To review what you heard today, click on Today on Radio at InTouch.org and look around our website for resources that can help you learn to invest your life in serving the Lord by serving others. If you'd like a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, you can order it from our online bookstore. The title is A Life of Service, or order his teaching set titled Living the Extraordinary Life. Again, that's InTouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. You can write to us at InTouch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. How would you describe your attitude toward serving the Lord? It's so much more than an obligation. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is just ahead. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org slash today. Do you take sermon notes on the back of your bulletin, jot scripture references on the offering envelope? Start keeping things in one place, one organized place, with the InTouch Note-Taker's Journal. This leather, soft journal contains 150 pages for taking notes and includes Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles. Find everything in one convenient place with the InTouch Note-Taker's Journal. Call toll-free 1-800-IN-TOUCH or visit intouch.org. You're listening to In Touch. It's important for believers to serve God, and doing it with the right attitude makes all the difference. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. There is only one God. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. We serve Him. It's going to affect our attitude. It's going to affect the quality of work we do. And He says we're to do, in Colossians chapter 3, he, you remember He says we're to do it heartily. That is, just give it all you have. Do it from the depths of your soul. Don't do it with reservation, moaning, groaning, complaining, but give it your best. And you and I do not have the right, the privilege as servants of the living God to complain and moan and groan about what the Master tells us to do, what the Lord Jesus Christ tells us to do, for example. Sometimes He may have you serve somewhere. You say, well, I, I just don't like that. Now, you know what? I don't like serving over there, but if you give me another place, I don't have a right to do that. 
For example, there have been some places I didn't particularly like going, but you know when, when God said, that's where I want you, that's the end of the story. When God says, here's what I want you to do, end of story. Would you walk up to your boss tomorrow and say, now look, I don't like what I'm doing. Let's have a debate over this. You would not. And you know what? Sometimes, listen, we wouldn't do that to a, to a human boss, but we do it to God. We debate and we argue. Listen, we argue with this God of ours about where we're going to serve and how we're going to serve and how long we're going to serve and whether we're going to serve or not. Who are we, servants of the Most High God, existing for Him, serving Him, created by Him, for the purpose, listen, of bringing Him honor and glory, meeting the needs of people, and doing the work of the kingdom of God on earth? Who are we to argue with God? Learn more about living the Christian life at intouch.org. Tomorrow on In Touch, our series on living the extraordinary life continues and will focus on a life of prayer. I hope you'll join us Thursday for In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. A pitfall of the fallen human mind is how narratives can shape our perception of the world, even outweighing facts or common sense. For example, nuclear power is one of the safest ways to generate electricity. Yet, because of three dramatic accidents and the press surrounding them, Three Mile Island in 1979, Chernobyl in 1986, and Japan in 2011, nuclear power is widely perceived as extraordinarily dangerous. And now similarly, a narrative being pushed by many in the press aims at rendering something else radioactive homeschooling. As a Washington Post analysis found late last year, homeschooling is America's fastest growing form of education. Around 2.7 million students are homeschooled in America today. That's up by about a million since before the pandemic. And for Washington Post reporters, well, that's scary. One article described homeschooling as, and I quote, a largely unregulated practice once confined to the ideological fringe, whose rise in popularity is leading critics to sound alarms. And a school board member from Florida echoed this concern, quote, many of these parents don't have any understanding of education. The price will be very big to us and to society, but that won't show up for a few years, end quote. In a Washington Post article on December 2nd, Peter Jamison recounted the tragic death of an 11-year-old California boy named Roman Lopez. According to the Washington Post, the real thing to blame here was that Lopez's stepmom said she was homeschooling him. Home education was an easy way to avoid the scrutiny of teachers, principals, and guidance counselors, suggests Jameson. Yet, at the same time, he then admits, and I quote, little research exists on the link between homeschooling and child abuse. The few studies conducted in recent years have not shown that homeschooled children are at significantly greater risk of mistreatment than those who attend public, private, or charter schools, end quote. Nine days later, they then devoted an article aimed at debunking the work of homeschool researcher and advocate Brian Ray, who's long argued that homeschoolers outperform their public school peers. With little substance to criticize Ray's methodology, the Post instead devoted the space to quoting anti-homeschooling activist and Ray's aggrieved adult daughter. 
And then, three days after Christmas, the Post ran another article by Peter Jameson on the growing fear among homeschooling families that state funding in the form of vouchers could also come with increased government oversight. Leaving little doubt about where he stands on the issue of state oversight, he chose to throw in a story about a network of Nazi homeschoolers in Ohio. To simultaneously note how homeschooling has exploded in popularity, but in almost every article refused to ask why that's the case, is at best a stunning lack of curiosity. Ultimately, this series of breathless attacks by the Washington Post on homeschooling just reveal an unquestioned assumption that children belong primarily to the state and not to parents. The rise in homeschooling, as well as Christian schooling, parent-run charter schools, and all kinds of other educational innovations today show that more and more families simply reject this assumption. And in doing so, they're acknowledging the biblical expectation that it's the parents and not the state who are ultimately responsible for teaching and raising children. Look, if the press wants to keep giving homeschooling the nuclear power treatment, they should also develop a bit of curiosity about why so many parents are choosing, often at great sacrifice to themselves, to take their children's education back into their own hands. And they should ask what that says about the status quo. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org.